Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Ah, yes, yes, yes. A good Thursday morning to one and all. Taz the Moose with you on CBS Sports Radio as we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Band back together across the way. Bilotti back in the house. Basically, as well. Number to call 855 212 4CBS. 855 212 4227. Attention hotline fans. As he's been doing all week long, Andrew Bogus sitting with me. He's got your updates as well as we take you right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time. We'll talk a little fantasy football coming your way, third and final hour. So look forward to that conversation as NFL or fantasy football drafts will start to uh, blossom and go into uh, full flight over the course of the next couple weeks. A billion-dollar industry that it is. And uh, whether it be weekly or daily, whatever it might be, uh, well, same difference. Um, or yearly, uh, year-long fantasy football is a monumental industry. We'll start to give you a feel in terms of where you should be leaning. Uh, you know, risers, fallers, surprises coming your way a little bit later on in the program. A lot to unpack. What's going on, Andrew? How you doing, buddy? Moose, I really thought yesterday was Thursday. Um, so I'm a little confused as we begin, but I think we're going to be okay. Okay, great. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> well, today is Thursday. I, yesterday was Wednesday. Yeah, tomorrow's I know. Friday. Uh, this, I guess being Taz and me at the same time this week makes the days feel longer. So yesterday... During the show, after the show, when I was home at the end of the night, multiple times, like, ah, it's Thursday, one more Mm. day, I'm on vacation next week, and then the slap in the face of reality that it was only Wednesday. Well, there you go. Well, at least tonight you get a little football uh, to help out the cause in terms of it. Um, You do in in terms of uh, preseason action if you do get fired up about preseason football. Um, And I think – I think, obviously, it serves its purpose. We saw the Canton game, the Hall of Fame game out in Canton, Ohio, was a, a dreadful um, addition uh, of NFL football. And it's no you know, no knock on the Broncos, no knock on the Atlanta Falcons and what they potentially could be here in the upcoming 2019 campaign. It just is what it is. I mean, it's teams beginning the slow process of getting themselves ready for game one of the NFL regular season and not ramping up to where you're seeing a lot of backup and uh, third-string and fourth-string players go out and, and try and make their way, cut their teeth, and, and make an NFL roster. And tonight, you you're, you know, you certainly have a, a full slate of NFL football this weekend. I mean, how many games you got tonight? One, two, three, four, five, it's, six, it's 11. seven, I got eight, you. It's nine, 11. 10, 11 games uh, that you got on the slate tonight uh, for the National Football League, Bogus. And... You know, small snippets of important things. It's kind of Kyler Murray's debut. We get our first Fitzpatrick versus Rosen battle. The question always is, you know, maybe we're going to see Nick Foles. Joe Flacco starts for the Broncos if they're skipping the Hall of Fame game. But the question always is, you know, how long do we see him? And if we only see him for one or two series, what can you actually take away from just a handful of snaps? But we actually at least get to see them as sure as it may be. We get to see these guys, in, in particular the rookies or the guys in new places, 
get to see them out there for the first time. Yeah, and I guess when when you look at it, um, you know, a game, I guess, I mean, Murray and uh, as Arizona takes on Los Angeles, the Chargers, that is, and that's uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time start, 7 o'clock Pacific. I, I guess that's the game that has kind of the, the most intrigue for me uh, when you look at Los Angeles, but also when you look at having the number one overall pick and, um, you know, the diminutive Kyler Murray coming off a Heisman Trophy winning campaign year uh, a year ago with the Arizona with the Oklahoma Sooners, now for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, and what he is going to be uh, year one in this new offense uh, led by Cliff Kingsbury uh, and what he's going to be for the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think you'll learn a hell of a lot about it, but I, I do think that that's probably, when I look at the, the slate, that's probably the most intriguing game. I think the second game is locally here in New York, um, where we broadcast from on a daily basis, the Jets and the Giants. Usually that's later on in the preseason. Um, you know, That's usually preseason game number three. That's not the case this year uh, when they're playing for that dopey Snoopy trophy, um, which carried some sort of meaning when Rex Ryan was the head coach, um, and but should carry no meaning whatsoever. But I mean, I, I think that's probably the most in, the second most intriguing matchup tonight for me. I mean, aside from that, I mean, there's really, in terms of storylines, I mean, you look at Cleveland, Washington, even though Colt McCoy is not going to give it a go, you're going to see the rookie signal caller down there in Haskins for the Washington Redskins. You mentioned the Miami Dolphins and Fitzpatrick and Rosen as they entertain the Atlanta Falcons down at Hard Rock Stadium. Um, in Miami Gardens, um, you know, I, I'd say probably that's the top three or four storylines for me, Bogus, when I, mean, I look at tonight's matchups. The problem kind of becomes, Moose, is that teams have smartened up now and are really downplaying the preseason when it comes to their main players. So, I mean, you've, you've got to really get down to the nitty-gritty with your individual team here, whoever you root for, and you know what's going on on those second and third layers of the roster, who's battling for the middle linebacker spot. We've got a new left guard. You know, who's my number three wide receiver or my nickel corner. You know, the Bears have a kicking competition. Like, so there there are important things from these games, but the real headline stuff it gets, slowly gets taken away from us because teams now are protecting so many people from yeah. the preseason. I mean, if you the, the list of people not playing in this first round of games is double, triple the size of actual important points we're going to get from guys who are going to be on the field. Yeah, no, and I don't disagree with anything that that you just said. I I do think that when you look at preseason football, it's much more regionalized than it is the actual NFL regular season. You know, I compare preseason football to Major League Baseball where everyone just cares about what their team is doing in that particular week, how they're um, you know, how they're, you know, whether it be depth and roster spots, rookies, whatever it might be, that's not the case regular season National Football League, but that is the case, I think, when you look at preseason football. I mean, I, I think the Jet fan cares about seeing what Quentin Williams looks like tonight. I think the Giant fan wants to see what Daniel Jones looks like. I don't think the Giant fan is all that locked in and, and staying up late to watch Kyler Murray if you're on the East Coast and, and taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. I, I do think it's a little bit more regionalized, especially when you look at early on preseason action. Maybe not week three, uh, when you're going to see some more of the regulars and, and they're going to play a quarter, a quarter and a half. Sometimes they play an entire half because they kind of want to knock the cobwebs off and get you start for the regular season. I mean, preseason game number four is a complete and utter non-factor where guys are battling for probably the last four or five roster spots on a particular roster and see who's exactly going to make the practice squad bogus. But 
early on here, I think it's very, very regionalized. And and it's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. As you mentioned, uh, you know, looking at, you know, individual battles for certain positions, whether it be starters or whether it be backups, um, you know, guys are looking to try and get their feet wet with their first, you know, quote-unquote NFL action. If you're a rookie coming into the National Football League, when you're looking at depth guys, but in terms of high-impact players, you're not going to get a lot of it here in week one. You know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about your point about it being regionalized, and it's kind of what I was saying a second ago, but I, I don't know. I may, and maybe this is just still me being skewed from before being here at CBS working at Sirius XM NFL Radio where, you know, fans from all over care about teams from all over. You've Obviously, you've got my favorite, but, I mean, there will be people that are not Cardinal fans who are going to stay up and watch Kyler Murray play however many series tonight for the Arizona Cardinals. It's a... You know, football has a really the unique kind of dynamic where it's always national. I mean, between we mix in fantasy football and all this other and and just straight gambling, people care about about everything. The problem is there's just less to care about right now. Well, I, I, I well, uh, you know, I, I do think that number one, um, when you come from working from a place like the NFL Network, which well, NFL Radio, which is fantastic. I mean, but you live, eat, and breathe NFL football, so it it is a little bit of a differentiation from you know what we do here on a, a day in day out basis, and that's fine. Just like if you worked for NHL Radio, NBA Radio or uh, MLB radio, where your singular focus is on one sport. It's a little bit of a different, you have a little bit of a different viewpoint, vantage point, a little bit of a different experience. But um, I think in essence, early on in preseason football, I'm not telling you that you don't care. I don't know how many Giant fans are going to say, I need to see Kyler Murray tonight uh, taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I think in the regular season, it's completely different. I think if you're looking at week three of the NFL preseason, um, it is completely different. I think early on here, with such the lack of information uh, about how much guys are going to indeed play, uh, I do think it's a greater risk in gambling on preseason football. I, I than think it's it is the dumbest thing you could do. Regular season football, guys are going to do it. <laughs> the The amount of money bet on preseason football is not even close to what you see in the regular season. But in a sport, and when you are betting on smart, uh, sports, if you are a, sp- a smart sports gambler, um, information is king. Um, that is, that is, that, that rules the day. Uh, and, and if you don't have a lot of information, you're really gambling on the gamble. And, and that's not something that, that I like to do with my money. I know that there are guys that do it. I know that there are guys that win some money that I know, uh, and, and win a significant amount of money that do it. Uh, but, and I'm not telling you not do whatever the hell you want to do with the harder money you make, but. I, I would not be gambling a lot of money on preseason football. I mean, I, I, I kind of want to tell you not to gamble on preseason football. And I'm not a gambler, period, so take everything I say with that grain of salt. But like you just said, we know almost nothing about how these games are going to play out, whether a guy plays at all, how long he's going to play. You don't know who's going to play the entire second half at quarterback or pass. You know what? I, the, the idea of laying money down on any preseason game, spring training, NFL, basketball, whatever it is, 
where rosters are different, extra guys are playing, the main guys aren't playing. Yeah. If you're betting on that, man, I got a couple of phone numbers you probably should call no. and talk to well, somebody well, but and God, calm down listen, a little bit. There are, but there are people that will be willing to bet on anything. So, no, I know. I, which is, that's why you should maybe call a number. No, I got you. Well, how about you give me five bucks, I'll give you three back, and we'll call it a day. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, and, and, and that's fine if you, if you decide to do it to make the game a little bit more interesting. I, I just think it's kind of with the lack of information – I think it, it is a little bit foolhardy, but um, I can see why you do it to, to make the game or make the watch a little bit more interesting. And for those that are starving, uh, you know, for college and for NFL football to return, it's going to be back here in, in three short weeks when you look at college football. And it's going to be back in, in a month when you look at the National Football League or a little bit less than bogish. But yeah, I, you know, you look at tonight's games. I mean, are you going to learn all that much? I mean, that's why, you know, the. The preseason games in terms of the, well, I got to see this or I got to see that. What are you exactly going to learn about Kyler Murray? If Kyler Murray plays well tonight, is it definitely an indicator of what he's going to be in the regular season? No, people are going to scoff at it and say it's preseason football. If he plays poorly tonight, are people going to say, well, I mean, Kyler Murray, I mean, he looked awful last night for the Arizona Cardinals against Los Angeles Chargers. I'd be a little weary. And then someone's going to say, well, it's preseason football. I mean, he's just getting himself going. Let's see what he does in the regular season. So, Really, the most significant thing you want to come out of these games is you don't want to have a significant injury of a player of importance for your particular team. But are you really going to learn all that much? Is there any sort of a litmus test? I mean, unless a guy can't, unless a quarterback steps into a huddle and can't call an offensive play or or can't take a snap behind center, are you really going to learn all that much? No, because if you play well, it could get knocked down because of the lack of importance of the game. And if you play poorly, it could get knocked down and rationalized out because of the lack of importance of the game. So I don't know exactly what you take away from it. Maybe guys can flash in terms of their speed or athleticism or the way that they hit a hole or the way that they're coming out of a break or a deep threat or this or that and cement themselves as a roster spot. But do you take all that much away from watching preseason NFL football? Unless Kyler Murray gets in the line of scrimmage and like pukes or has an accident. Right, yeah. It's going to be hard to digest and dissect anything that he does this evening. Uh, but I think it's just... You know, it goes back to people the, to the football fiends who just need it. They just need the fix. They were excited for the Hall of but Fame not, game, but, but and Andrew, it, it was even worse than we're going to get tonight. And people were geeked up about that. Yeah, but it's not really NFL football either. That's the other thing too. I mean, it is and it isn't. Right. It could be for a few minutes. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you're talking about <laughs> right for a few short minutes right. for maybe a, a 15 minute window. Get there early. You're, right. Don't be there late. Right. Um, and. Uh, but so that's where I, I say, uh, listen, I'm not telling you not to watch. And I like NFL football. And I'm going to be watching locally here in New York, where we're from, you know, where we're broadcasting from. I'm going to be watching Jets, Giants. And I'll have a feel about the other action as well. You'll watch some of the highlights. You can't watch it all because it's, you know, it's all going on at the same time. But, you know, we'll have you, you know, prepped and prepared. And we'll have some, uh, you know, some, uh, some talking points tomorrow morning when Andrew and I take you through the morning show right here on CBS Sports Radio. But, um, am I all that geeked up and amped? Uh, is this like opening Sunday in the National Football League? Oh my God, the NFL is back! I can't wait. No, I, I honestly, that's not. And maybe it's just me. I mean, I'm looking at it where people told me a buddy of mine told me the other day, man, I can't wait for Week One. I go, why? I mean, Week One comes. That means the summer is over, right? We're heading toward bad weather in the Northeast. And we're heading to a cold weather. The the all the warmth and the heat will go away, and we're heading toward gray and dark skies. I mean that that's that's what we're headed for. I mean, football's going to be here before you know it. I get that, 
But don't wish the warm weather, the good weather, and summer away. That's the mindset that I'm in right now. I mean, I want to have a, I want to enjoy the rest of the summer. The summer's gone too damn quick as it is. I, uh, I'm not ready for the NFL to come back yet. I don't need week one to be here tomorrow. I, uh, and, and I like to play the games. I'm different than Andrew. I, I do like to play the games. I do like to put some money down. I enjoy that aspect. And, and having gambling being legal over you know, across the way at Jersey, you know, and, and heading over to the FanDuel Sportsbook as I do on a weekly basis. It's a it's a fun time on NFL Sundays to go out there and do that. But for me, from my vantage point, it could also wait. It's not like I need it tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it's not like I need to tap into my veins and you got to give it to me. I need my NFL football. I need my fix. I don't need Feels that so right good now. on your lips. Yes. Now, I mean, you got four weeks, Moose. You got four weeks to enjoy summer. And then you've got no more pushback, okay? So... Put your put your foot down here. Yeah. Have your fun tonight. Watch a game. Waste your money on betting. But then I'm, I'm glad that you have things in perspective because it can be too much. There was way too much excitement last week for the Hall of Fame game, a game that we knew was going to be was terrible a and useless. And guys, we had never heard of were doing things in the first quarter, not even the second or the third. And we're going to get a little bit better than that tonight. But still, it's so, you know very quickly in most of these games you're going to need to be really, really deep into the teams on the field to understand the important things that are going on. But there are people that are listening to us this morning and be like, you guys are insane. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm going to start pre-gaming at about 5 o'clock Eastern time. I cannot wait for the kickoff. I'm I'm barbecuing tonight. I got my meals set. I'm ready for NFL football tonight. And listen, if that's the case, God bless you. I mean, you have every right. Enjoy it. I mean, if that's what what preseason football means to you – then enjoy it. But there's a reason why the National Football League is trying to get to this 18-game regular season schedule uh, (laughs) and that they want to try and minimize or eliminate uh, preseason action and and get rid of two preseason games and make those regular season games. There's a reason why, because the NFL owners watch it and see it on on a weekly basis in the preseason. The place is pretty much, you know, either half or a quarter empty, uh, there's not the buzz. You're charging an arm and a leg for a product that is no near, not nearly the equivalent of what you see in the regular season. And, you know, you get to that fourth and final preseason game, and that's almost like watching a scrimmage. I mean, it really is. For a majority of guys that won't be on NFL rosters, uh, week one of the NFL regular season are hoping to maybe make a practice squad either on the team that they're on that week or on another team. So there's a reason why the preseason football, if the NFL owners had their way, uh, it'd be moved from four games down to two, which I would be all for. I'd be all for. Now, I understand the pushback here, Andrew, when you look at the players. The players don't want to play more regular season games because you know what that means? If you play more regular season games, you're putting your body on the line even more, maybe even play even a shorter career in the NFL regular season because you're in the National Football League because you're opening yourself up with the physicality and the violence that's inherent in the sport. You're opening yourself up to more significant injuries. Yeah, and, and I guess your your paycheck would go down a little bit too. You'd get the same amount of money. Well, They'd have to. They'd have to do something. Yeah, I mean, they. If if you're going to make money from more money from your TV partners because you're going to have two more regular season game, two more regular season games, I would also imagine that the NFL players then would get a portion of that money as well. A little stipend for their two extra games. I mean, they'd have to. But you know, people don't factor in. You know, the longer you play in the National Football League the more you get in terms of in retirement as well. I mean, the, right. the, I mean, the guy that played 19 years is making more money in retirement from the from the Players Association, you know, and is 
um, than the guy that played two years in the National Football League. It just comes along with the territory. So when you look at the cost-benefit and analysis for players, yeah, they're not only looking to have great careers and Hall of Famers, win, we all understand that, and make themselves a lot of money, but they're also thinking about the long-term impact as well. They want to play as long as they possibly can. Do you think we're going to get to 18? I, I go back and forth on this because it, on one hand, the preseason is way too long. Everyone agrees with it. The, even the owners, as you said, have understood now that it's basically a scam. Well, how do you charge regular season? I mean, what they exactly. charge for tickets, what they force you as a season ticket holder to buy in the preseason is a joke. Yeah, they've they've kind of taken the back door into agreeing with everybody and seeing everyone's point on that. But, you know, the players' pushback, I think, is going to be – Significant. Then what's the concession that the owners make in terms of finances or whatever, anything else? Um, and there's really, I mean, we've said this before, like 16 is an arbitrary number. Like all every schedule in all four of these sports, it's it's not like a scientific formula that got us to 162 in baseball and 82 in the NBA and hockey and now 16 here. There isn't a right number. So right, there isn't, but there's been conversation of moving, you know, baseball back to 100. Right. I mean, think about this. I mean, National Football League, this is how much of a stronghold. They want to add regular season games. There's been conversation about baseball limiting the regular season, going from 162 to, say, back to 153. There's been conversations in the NBA about going from 82 and moving it back to the 70s because of all of this, you know, rest and guys taking days off and back-to-backs, and they did a better job last year than the NBA, uh, Andrew, of of lengthening it out and giving more time out in the regular season in order for their stars to play. But even with all that being said, you want to bring up Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi Leonard missed 21 games in the regular season right. uh, for the Toronto Raptors. He only played 61 of the 82 games. They wanted to make sure that he was healthy for the postseason. It worked. They ended up winning an NBA championship. But if you spend, you know, if you spend say three fifty, uh, you know, on a uh, on three tickets to go see an NBA game, and in steps the Toronto Raptors, and you walk into the building unknowing because you're at work all day, and you see uh, inactive tonight, Kawhi Leonard, Toronto yeah. Raptors, you're like, wait, what? Uh, hold on a second, <laughs> because that ticket is no longer valued the same. Because I'm not seeing Leonard just to go, you know, run any superstar you want to throw out there in, in the NBA. That ticket is no longer the same value because I'm not seeing the guy that I want to see when I'm showing up in that building. And that's a problem that Adam Silver's recognized in the NBA. For the International Football League, they don't have that problem because nope. they they only have 16. <laughs> they want to go to 18, you and they want, want to add even more. Yeah. They want to add even more. The player's like, Who wait, says 20? More? Right, exactly right. <laughs> They, like if they can, right, if they could play 25 games in the regular season, they would. <laughs> Everyone has two separate rosters. That's There's exactly an A right. and a B team, and we're going to play a 30-game regular season. Yeah. Uh, do we get to 18 at some point? I think at some point we do. There's been too much conversation, Andrew, for it's too right. for too long. It's been it's been talked about for four or five years to think that we are never going to see 18 games in the regular right. season. It's been alive for too long. If it wasn't going to happen, it would be squashed by now. Right. I thought it was squashed a couple years ago, and it came roaring right back. I don't know. As you mentioned, the concessions the owners will have to give the players, I think they'll probably have to be pretty significant. But the owners are going to look at it in terms of better financial packages, more money. Everyone wants more money. No? Uh, yes. Yes. Money's a good thing. want to hear from you. Are you fired up about preseason football tonight? Uh, 11 games on the slate. Which game intrigues you the most? Are you with me where it's a little bit more regionalized, or do you care about all the action? 
Are you locked into the quarterback that battle down in Miami? Fitzpatrick and Rosen, the debut of Kyler Murray, Quinn and Williams for the Jets, the fact that no Le'Veon Bell. How about Daniel Jones for the Giants? A lot of intriguing storylines. Does that rock your boat tonight? I want to hear from you. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Taz of the Moose on a Thursday morning. CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Just getting going here on this Thursday morning. Preseason football abound tonight. 11 games on the slate. Which game interests you the most? Is it just the... You know, my house on the block mentality, regionalized, or do you think it's more national? Are you into all of the action tonight? Are you pulling a couple dollars down thinking about fantasy football or just locked into all the intriguing storylines around the National Football League? Um, we didn't chat about it yesterday uh, all that much, but did you watch Hard Knocks, Bogish? I finally did, Moose, and you told me you didn't like it. I did not. Um, I, did, I thought it was fine. Fine, not great. Uh, not not great, but I like Jonathan Abram a lot. Yeah, uh, I've already had too much of Derek Carr's arms. Okay, uh, I, I, I Gruden's Gruden, and that's who I wanted to see the most. Um, you know, now I could be a tough critic. I, I'm a little over hard knocks. I, I thought the intrigue early on to it when you know the first hard knocks they did was the Baltimore Ravens. Was it not? I think so. It or was the following. Jaguars. The Jaguars, I feel like, were early, too. I thought it was the Ravens with Saragusa. Probably right. Was, you know, that was the first hard knocks, right? Following, that was after they beat the Giants in the Super Bowl. That summer, correct? I believe it was, right? That I after, couldn't tell you. The yeah. Elvis Gerback year. Yes, that's right. The Elvis Gerback year. Yes, good job, Bilotti. Way to be on top of it. That's exactly right. Um, and I thought, I thought at the time it was something different. It took you in. You know, it did a great job of developing the storylines with some of the young players, uh, especially some of the undrafted guys. Um, You got to know them. You got to know their story. Uh, You mix in some of the veterans as well. But it it, it gave you a feel of something you didn't see before. I think over it's hard to reinvent yourself if you're hard knocks because it's kind of based on the personality and the team. A lot of the stuff that they go through, it's kind of been there, done that already. I know the personalities and the players are different, and maybe I'm a tough marker on this um, because of uh, the way that I look at it, and maybe you're right. Maybe it was better. I, I didn't think it was all that good. I know the ratings were great, uh, but the Raiders, I think, are a kind of a, a national theme with, with all their personalities, and they had the best opening night ratings since 2010. I think that's fantastic. Um, but no, I, I didn't think it was all that great. I mean, I'll continue to watch it because that comes part and part, part and parcel with the job that we do, uh, on a day in day out basis here on CBS sports radio. So it's not like I'm not going to take it in. Uh, but I also think that I don't learn as much and it's not as intriguing a watch because I think when it first came in, it was different. And now with the way the national football league is covered and how many mics you get on the field and the releasing of that stuff and how many how much you see on NFL network and 
you know, online, digital platforms and the like, I, I think you get a lot of what Hard Knocks at, at one point in time made what made it pretty special. Yeah, I mean, and maybe I'm an easy mark because I love anything behind the scenes. You you know, any show like this, any sport, I'm watching it. So, okay. like, so like, I'm an easy mark in, in this regard. But and I, and I get it. Like, there's only so many training camp stories. Like, I mean, it's all kind of the same with different people in different settings. So... I, I can I understand it can be a little repetitive and a little redundant, but I mean, and but every year there's somebody new that's oh, no, an idiot different. or entertaining yeah, or whatever. So I like, I, you know, the, I, I thought the entire Abram Cleveland Farrell horse thing was hilarious. Yeah, um, you know the Antonio Brown's kids were cute. Um, the stuff that I did that bothered me was more like technical stuff. Like it's a little annoying. Like part of it I feel like is that we should have known about Antonio Brown's. Like that should have been the confirmation of his frostbite. Uh, I thought that they were way too lighthearted, so to speak, with the with Richie Incognito. I mean, the, he's just a the guy's a bad dude. If he's better, if he's fixed himself, okay, great, good for him. But I mean, the 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 list of things that he has done wrong no, and it's unacceptable awful. Yeah. is it's awful. I mean, I, there's a strong argument that he shouldn't be in the NFL anymore. To be com- be completely honest, the reason why he is is he can play guard, right? And so so to, you know to present it as well, he's starting a suspension, but. In the last bubble, and then you go into all the reasons why the Raiders wanted him, and ex- right. like explaining, it's almost like they're doing the Raiders' dirty work here. Like you need to, you need to be honest with people because they're a folk. Now I know what he did, but not everyone knows all the details. No, and I get it. You gotta I get present it. To educate Inc- a little bit yeah, more. You got, you got to, and maybe they will in a subsequent episode. Maybe there'll be more Richie Incognito. I don't time, know about that, man. But the way that he was present, you know, introduced to the audience. Um, They're going to present Tuesday it in night, the most positive light possible, are they not? I, I yeah, which is disappointing. I mean, you think the Raiders? I I get it, but it's also they're working with the Raiders and working with the National Football I know, League too. I, I know, but I think so. There's they're a not going to they're not going to get into you know him tormenting Jonathan Martin with the Miami Dolphins. Or I mean, what did he want to do? Cut his dad's head off in a funeral home? Yeah, like, I, I mean, mean the the stuff. Yeah, I, I, you, the, I mean it's a laundry list with incognito, but I I, I am. You know, and and I I don't disagree with that, but I also I you know it, it's almost kind of like a uh, a pol- it's like a political spin when you're looking at the way that Incognito's looked at. I I don't know. I, I think it'll it'll probably get better here as we moved along. I didn't love it, but um, I probably have gotten I'm a probably over hard knocks for and been over it for a while. I think it's interesting. I don't think it's as groundbreaking as it once was. When there's a Panthers version too, I forgot about this. There's a there's a different version that ends up on Amazon Prime. Yes, they've done the Cardinals in the past, which was very good. And they've also because I so I was looking for that yesterday because I, well, I finished Hard Knocks. I'm like, God, oh, I'm like I'm in the mood now for more behind the scenes football. So I guess the Panthers one maybe hasn't debuted yet. I, the Cardinals one was there, and there's a couple of EPS soccer ones they've done. I'm like, am I gonna hit play on this? I think I'm going to. Then my kid walked in and I got distracted and whatever. But I think I'm going to watch a soccer version of this because that's how much I love behind-the-scenes stuff. Most. Okay, well, that's a, there you go. Well, we now know what is in your wheelhouse. Yeah, you put a, you mic a player and throw him on the field. I, I could watch that for hours. There you go. Very nice. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I want to hear from you whether or not you liked the debut of Hard Knocks a couple nights ago on HBO uh, as the Oakland Raiders uh, are the subject matter uh, this August, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Bogus sitting with me. He's got updates. What's going on, buddy? 
Moose, this report is sponsored by Bleecker Street. Support comes from Bleecker Street and their upcoming film, Brian Banks, based on his untold true story. Brian Banks in theaters tomorrow. The Yankees have broken the Baltimore Orioles. Five more homers in last night's 14-2 blowout at Camden Yards. The Bombers sweep their 10 meetings in Baltimore. It is so bad for the O's that Chris Davis had to be restrained from manager Brandon Hyde in the fifth inning last night. Teammate Mark Trumbo among those that got in between. Those things, they tend to happen. Uh, hopefully they don't happen in front of everybody. But in this case, it kind of did. So um, not ideal, but... Um, you know, not that big a deal. Hyde pinch hit for the struggling Davis in the fifth inning. The manager said something to the player, and away they almost went. Hyde would walk down the dugout tunnel immediately after his comment. Davis tried to follow him. That's when Trumbo and others stepped in. Now back to the route. The Yanks extending their single-season record for homers in one stadium by a visiting team to 43 with five more last night. It's now 52 for the season against the Orioles That's a single-season big league mark, and they have four more games together in the Bronx next week. The Red Sox neither beat nor lost to the Royals last night. They were tied at four starting the 10th when rain began. An hour and 49 minutes later at 12.36 a.m. Eastern, the game was suspended. They will finish it on a mutual day off. That's in two Thursdays. The D-backs took their rubber game with the Phillies 6-1. Arizona now a game and a half behind Philly and Milwaukee for the second NL wild card. The Brewers creating a virtual tie with the Phillies with an 8-3 win in Pittsburgh. That's a three-game sweep. The last two with Christian Yelich sitting out with more back soreness. The Cubs have inked veteran catcher Jonathan Lucroy. The Angels released him shortly after he returned from the concussion he suffered when Astro Jake Marisnik ran him over at home play just before the All-Star game. The Cubs need catching help because Wilson Contreras is back on the injured list with a hamstring pull. No timetable for Antonio Brown's return in Oakland. The new Raider receiver is dealing with frostbitten feet, the result Mm. of a mishap while receiving cryotherapy in France. Niners rookie DN Nick Bosa diagnosed with a sprained right ankle. His return date unclear. And Seahawks tight end Ed Dixon expected to miss four to five. Why weeks did he need to go to France surgery. for the cryotherapy? Uh, I have not read was that ex- explained anywhere. I um, couldn't. I couldn't find that one. Not officially. Now uh, there was a caller to the Amy Lawrence show, which is on before us on most yeah. most of these same stations, and he said that he worked for an NFL team. It sounded like he was almost a stadium or like a game day staff, maybe an equipment person. Not okay. not not anything close to like front office or anything like that. He said that the team that he worked for, multiple players have had this done and they all have left the country. I don't know if it's cheaper to do it somewhere else. I don't know if there's different or less restrictions on it in other countries, but it seems like it's both economical and smaller scale medical to go do it not in America. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, we've also had times, too, where guys have gone, um, I think it's Germany. They have, like, a plate a platelet treatment for you. Yeah, like, I mean, that's that, blood circuit. I mean, right, so they leave the country for that, I mean, that's too. Called, I mean, it's blood spinning. You could do it over up in Canada as well. Remember, there's that doctor that was connected to athletes, too, in terms of, of spinning your blood and then re-injecting into you. Um, and, and doing that to make your blood a little bit more, say, you know, red blood cell, white blood cell, or a little bit more platelet rich. Um, you know, I mean, you could do a lot of things with the blood. I mean, you know, that's what happened with the Tour de France when you look at blood doping, where they take the blood out and then put it back in 
to where then all of a sudden, you know, the the amount of uh, the amount of oxygen carrying uh, cells in your body uh, are up and yeah, allows but, but, you allows you to ride a little bit harder. That's what that's what you know. That's what blood doping is. When yeah, you but no, cycling. but I'm talking about a, like a thing that helps you like your like bone heal. Like yeah, you no, do no, it for like I, knee I, damage yeah, or stuff no, like that, I, I not get, for endurance. No, no, I get that. I understand, and it's but it's the same. I mean, you're looking at blood spinning. I mean, you could do a lot. My point being is that you could do a lot of things with the blood to help out your performance or help out in recovery or recovering from injury. But now, when you look at this, I mean, I I don't. I mean. You know, I, you could go up to Stanford, Connecticut. You go to New York City. You can go to pretty much any town. I heard Bart Scott in WFA in New York. You know, he's opening up, uh, you know, his own training center. He said he bought a cryotherapy machine. So, I mean, I don't know why you have to go to France in order to do cryotherapy. It's all over the place. I mean, yeah, I, I, seems, I don't. Uh, seems I, a lot. Yeah, it. it I, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's the restrictions. Maybe it's the strength of the machine. I, I don't know. I'm not going to. It's gonna extra pres- cold in France. I, hence n- the frostbite. No. Yeah. Or I mean, obviously, I mean, it's it's utterly <laughs> embarrassing that his feet are frostbitten. You know, uh, you know, because whenever you step into one of those machines, you do have to wear stuff on your feet and your hands uh, to protect your feet and your hands. And it's there to try and help you recover, to get rid of kind of the aches and pains and help in the recovery pro- it's like process. It's like sitting in a super training. ice bath, which Correct. we've all seen before. I mean, that's right. That's that's in essence what it is. It's I mean, if you're the Oakland Raiders, you got to say, I mean, what are you, a moron? Did you notice, too, that I unless I'm, I, I'm, I'm making it's a mistake. It's not just frostbite. It's extreme frostbite. Right. Um, that the guy that Brown was training with at the beginning when he was running on a field before reporting to camp, and it's like I forget what his name was, but it said Brown's personal trainer. That guy then was standing next to John Gruden on the field during training camp at one point when they were like talking about whether or not Brown can get back on the field. Yeah. So like that, I mean, I don't know how that seems odd to me too. Like I don't know how regularly, you know, we all know about Brady's trainer. Yeah, it's a great um, question. But like in terms that guy of talking, chilling on the field, having that guy in between the coach and the player about when he can get back in the practice. Yeah, field. yeah, it's even a during strange. a practice, not right. like just happening. You know, as and we're not talking off. to your own training staff. Right, right. That you're right about that. That's a fair point. Maybe it didn't hit me as odd because it kind of seems like kind of with the times. I guess, yeah. Where everybody's got their own personal trainer. Right. And training in the offseason and who you're working out with. I mean, you know, even as we discussed last week, Carmelo Anthony's personal trainer coming out and saying, <laughs> you know, he needs a swan song season. Yeah. A season for everyone to say goodbye. There was another quote about which a Which didn't from, help Carmelo at no, all either. There was another quote from a trainer about an NBA player needing needing something or ready to take the next steps, you know, some cheesy throwaway line. But again, I'm again I'm like is this now the new thing? Are we going to tr- personal trainers? I, I don't know for quotes on guys. I'm going to do a little. Yeah, maybe. I mean, obviously you do, and I'm going to do a little. Re- I got to find out why you need to go to France for cryotherapy. I I, I have to. I I need to find out exactly why you need to do that. I mean, because, Mike is our lifestyle expert. I mean, there's you, you there's got to be some reason, some ra- and it can't be that it's like fifty bucks cheaper. It'd be great. I mean, it, I hope it it's can't a really be stupid reason. I, imagine you. I'm going to France. You know, I'm going to get four sessions. I'm going to save myself two hundred dollars. Right. I'm going to spend eight hundred on an airline flight. The American I mean, machines can't go below twenty five degrees. They can right. get you to twenty two in gotta, France. So right, I'm going. Right. There's got to be some reason why you're going over to France for cryotherapy. Because Ooh, if it, someone thinks of six minute abs. It's not right. What? It, you know, there, it, there's. 
because you can get it here in the States. It's available. It's widely available here in the States. We there's, have ice. Right. There's there's a shopping center down by the from the, the my house that yeah. is that offers cryotherapy. Right. I got a guy I got a guy with an ice chest. You just go sit in his cooler I and mean, we go from there. Right. I can go get a Starbucks this afternoon and go get cryotherapy. It's right down the street from where I live. I know it's there. So there's gotta be a reason why it happens. Anyway, uh, is that all you got, Andrew? Is it? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, I don't oh, no, know your we stopped script. on that. Yeah, I forgot. Now, the XFL <laughs> is about to start inviting players to enter their names in the inaugural draft. Uh, Commissioner Oliver Luck says roughly 800 invites will go out. Most of these players partook in showcase events earlier this summer. The draft's in October. The new league begins playing in February. Now I'm done. All right. Thank you, Andrew. We'll come back. Adam Gaze had an interesting, interesting expose in The Athletic. We'll get into that. Man doesn't sleep. We'll explain. Taz, Booze, Bogus in the house, CBS Sports Radio. Listen to CBS Sports Radio with the Radio.com app. Free and available in the Google Play and iTunes App Store. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right, here on this uh, Thursday morning. Well, you just want to go get your feet wet a little. Okay. Taz and the Moose with you. That was Joe Flacco's fault. That's exactly right. Partially mine. As your preview of your 7.30 update. Well, thank you very much. You work on that during the course of the break. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate that. Um, Anyway, so I mentioned Adam Gaze, and he's got a... Uh, there was an expose on him in The Athletic, a very, very interesting piece in which um, it describes an individual that, uh, as a head coach, that, that barely sleeps to the point and, you know, one, you know, lives, eats, and breathes football. His wife is uh, a football head, too, uh, to the point where, you know, I think it was his second child, um, and this is when he was working with the Denver Broncos. Uh, his wife had a C-section at 10 a.m. in the morning. Uh, I believe it was on Wednesdays uh, and on a Wednesday. And usually that day he met with Peyton Manning at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So she had the C-section at 10 a.m. Um, they had the you know birth of a healthy baby boy. Congratulations. Great. Uh, and with the C-section, obviously, uh, they do you know take some organs out in order to do it before they, you know, it's, it's a full-blown oper- operation. And before, you know, the operation was complete, you know, he told his wife, you know, are you good? And she's like, yeah. He's like, all right, I got to go. And left to go meet with Peyton Manning, was waiting in the office for Manning uh, as he came in for the 2 o'clock meeting. I mean, that's a little much. I got to be honest with you. I mean, that that's absurd. That I, really is I'm absurd. glad you're with me on this. I, I, like, I, I think this was presented to us by Mikey B as like, look at how weird Adam Gase is. Like, let's have some fun with this. And then I read this part of the story um, and my first initial reaction is anger. And I, I don't mean to lie, and I don't want to judge somebody else as like a parent or a dad or whatever, but like that to me personally is borderline unacceptable. Like I, I don't like kudos to his, to Mrs. Gaze, I guess, for understanding and being okay with it. And I'm glad that Peyton Manning, apparently, according to the story, when Gase walked in was like, what in the world are you doing here? Right. Because you mentioned the time. Not only it was a morning C-section because Adam Gase wanted it to be a morning C-section so he'd have enough time to get to this meeting with Peyton Manning. And not, by the way, a meeting to sign Peyton Manning as a free agent. No, no, Just no. their regular, normal, right. weekly meeting prepping for the next game. And I, I, I don't know. That's just not the way I operate. I would have never done that. I would, I'm the guy... 
that takes every last second of paternity leave and everybody looks at you like, what's going on? And would well, in, I mean, in a real conversation would tell you everybody needs more leave for when kids are born. So, like, I, you know, this, to read that, I'm like, dude, that, that, well, you, you can be crazy. Balance, but right. you got, and the, you got to ba- some sort of balance in life. And I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, you got you to enjoy the moment. It's one of the great moments. And, and this is how Adam Gaze punctuated the moment. And think about trying to tell that story. Uh, to you know, to your Daddy, son you on the well, birth kinda. of your on the birth of your child uh, on the birth of him, and that basically you were out the door and and didn't see him get his hearing test or the birth, first bath or anything like that that goes along with right after childbirth. Um, and those are special, amazing moments in a life. And he's out there running back to go have a meeting um, with with Peyton Manning when he was on the Broncos staff. I mean. That, to me, is absurd. I mean, when he's, you know, the fact that he doesn't sleep all that much, the fact that he lived across the street from his offensive coordinator, he often show up at 2 o'clock in the morning, knocking on the door, want to have a meeting. The fact that him and his wife don't have the same room on road trips because he's up all night watching game film, that he's normally (laughs) back home at 2 o'clock in the morning, out the door at 6, so he's sleeping, you know, two and a half, three hours a day, that he's drinking six 20-ounce cups of coffee and a couple Red Bulls to get him through every single day. I mean... That is, uh, you know, you want to talk about burnout. I mean, Joe Gibbs talked about being, you know, having regrets the way that he used to sleep at the Redskins offices uh, when he was Washington head coach. Dick Vermeil burned out with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not telling you you can't be locked in a football. You got to be locked in, and I get what you need to be to do to be successful. But there is a point here where, I mean, the stuff that he's doing is insane, and I don't think it's necessarily a good thing, Bogish. Not for the long term. It's a, I mean, it's a good thing now when it's working, but at some point you can't sustain that. No well, wonder his eyes are like that. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll get more into it next. I don't know if necessarily being someplace groggy-eyed is necessarily good. I mean, when you want to – you need sleep. Taz, Boots, CBS Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.